0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 625 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Totalsaddlefit.com. On today's show, we have a quick but exciting update with para rider Charlotte Merle-Smith. Jessica Gaston comes on to help discuss flying changes we're going to review the book Ride Big by John Haim with Auditor Sarah. And we've got a great trainer tip with Lindsay Kellogg.
1: This is Reese Koppler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
0: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you tonight? Well, I have to say all day I've been a little bit under the weather, but for a good reason. I got my second vaccination dose, so uh, my arm hurts and I'm not feeling (laughs) great. I didn't ride a horse today, but I taught some lessons and uh, I guess hopefully tomorrow I just feel better. I get back on the horses and and, uh, just trying to get prepared for this horse show. (laughs) Can
2: can I just
1: have a minute of, I told you so everybody just, just, let's just feel this. I talked to Philip yesterday and he's like, I just got my shot. And I was like, awesome. That's so exciting, but really take it easy tomorrow. So I'm not going to say I told you so because you were
0: one saying you weren't right. I'm not saying, you know, you, you weren't right. You were absolutely right. I, just, yes. I didn't want, I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it. I didn't yeah. want to accept it today when I woke up and, uh, you know, with a, with this sore <laughs> arm and, and that kind of thing. I just. Uh, I, but you know, to, to get back to denial um, about yeah. my health and, and that kind of thing, and <laughs> just push through and, and do my best. But yeah, anyways, <laughs>
1: anyways, you know. well, I'm glad you got your vaccination, and, and I'm glad our life is, you know, you're going to start returning to normal. It's going to be great. So it's going to be worth it. It was completely worth it. But if you're getting your second shot, I would. I'm going to tell you what I told Phil, like, just take it easy the next day.
0: <laughs> Don't so schedule a bunch, a bunch of things yeah, that schedule. you can't move or whatever. Yeah, I, I did mean.
1: that. Yeah, and then I really got in trouble. So uh, I, we ended up uh, here at the farm. Everybody, we, we organized after my debacle, we organized it that everybody had the day off the next day. And I was like, please just stay home and watch a movie. <laughs> Don't go crazy. Uh, so that was, that was my well, tip. Well, the but
0: thing is, like, uh, my wife got, Meredith got hers earlier, and she was absolutely fine. Or well, maybe she was pretending to be fine. <laughs>
1: didn't tell I, you. Don't I, I don't know. It just depends. Yeah. Travis and I had, a, had ended up, Travis also didn't feel great. Maybe again, was a little better than I was, but I, I mean, I just, I worked really hard and then had a clinic and I like, just didn't stop. And, and that was a bad idea. But anyways, we're glad you got your vaccine. Um, everybody get your vaccine so we can get the world back to normal. But uh, I am really excited. In a few minutes, we're going to talk to our friend, Charlotte Merle Smith, And she's going to talk a little bit about going to Tokyo. I think um, that's a lot of what we're hearing from the athletes, like, they are going through a lot for these Olympic games to get there and, and to do all the things. And, and it just makes me, uh, thank them and appreciate them more because wows us, they're going through a lot to get there. So it's hard yeah, to get to I the mean, Olympics. enough. I really but
0: happy and, and entertained to be watching the Olympics. You're, yes. you're an Olympic junkie and I am a little am. bit as well. So, oh. you know, uh, we, we thank them for everything they're going through yes. so that, so that we can be entertained, I guess. That's, that's yeah. a little, you know, what the Olympics is about. And, you know, have some national pride, which I, you know, you guys are not lacking. I, I'll just say that.
1: <laughs> No, we're not. Go America. <laughs> Go team USA. Actually, I don't even care. I like all the stories during the Olympics. I literally, I, I am so tired for two weeks because I stay up. Wait, I get like, I, I'm like in the open in the middle of the night. My eyes are like, I'm like opening my eyes. I'm like, I can watch this. I can watch this race or I just love it. I love the Olympics. I think it's because yeah you know, we are
0: NBC, NBC does a really good oh, job such a of good job. you know bringing Wonderful. bringing the stories to people oh, and, yeah. and being, you know helping everybody be very much emotionally invested in every yes. single Oh,
1: story. I'll cry five times. Like I mean <laughs> yeah. a, a show Travis just walks in and he just walks out. Like I just love it. Well, I think I have such an appreciation. I think all of us kind of listening to the show, we all do a sport where it's so very difficult and uh, you know, it's, it's just even at competing at that level. It's, it's, it's so difficult and I have so much respect for all the athletes that are getting there. And I was listening to some podcasts this week. This is a tangent. I will stop after this, but just, just, you know, the the track and field and a lot of athletes are, are paid to go and they get endorsements, but a lot of athletes are not. And you know, you literally, you train your whole life and Charlotte will say that, you know, she's trained her whole riding career for this moment. And, you know, right now she's the traveling reserve. So she may not even get to go. She's got to go to Germany and uh, we'll, 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 prayers for everybody that does well. And, but theoretically she's going to go to Germany and she's going to come back. Uh, she won't even go all the way to Tokyo. So just um, all of that, it's just a lot of sacrifices. and And I think we all appreciate it because we all do it. So. But yeah, so Phil, you're going to a horse show, talking about sacrifices and, and competing. You guys are are going to get to go to a show.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't feel like there's any sacrifice there. This is, you know, this is why I do what I do, basically. But right. uh, hopefully everything goes well, and and you know, we have a successful uh, weekend. And if not, we'll do what we can, to manage yeah. what we can, and uh, <laughs> and we'll carry on. I, hopefully there'll be another horse show this summer where you know right. if, if we have some disappointments, we can hopefully correct them and, and yeah. go back and, and fix it and, and and do it all again. But uh, no. yeah. It's happening. I love it. It's happening, right? Yeah,
1: I happening. love it. Yeah, we're showing, we have also a, a show here this weekend, our Kentucky show. Uh, I can't believe it's July. I just feel like it was just the May show, uh, but it's July. Uh, so yeah, I'm also going to gonna get out there a little bit and then bingo and i are gonna do a grand prix again so i'm i'm looking forward to it because uh we, he's ready he was really mad when he didn't get to, to go to the last horse show so it'll be fun he was like leaping in his stalk because he was like i want to go down that truck and i'm like oh, you're the next the next show buddy uh so it'll mm-hmm. be fun to get out there this weekend and uh get ready so um but we have a great show for everybody and uh we're gonna have a quick commercial break. And we will be back with Charlotte Merle-Smith.
3: This Nutrition Minute
0: is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
1: I am so excited tonight to have friend of the Horse Radio Network and friend of our show, Charlotte Merle Smith. She is the traveling reserve for the U.S. para dressage team. She is going to Aachen. And first of all, Charlotte, we just wanted to congratulate you, girl. Congratulations.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I
1: mean, I just had tingles when I saw it. When, I, when that press release opened, I was like, oh my gosh, this
2: is so exciting. Oh yeah, I've been working my whole riding career towards this and it's here.
1: it's here. It's here. It's here so so tell us Charlotte for everybody who doesn't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your horse
2: and your story? Let's see. The elevator version. Um I <laughs> was a I was a 3-day event rider professionally until I got uh hurt on 101507 and um Now I am a para rider, para dressage rider. I have an incredible mare now, and her name is Guada. Um, She is the third horse I've ridden as a para rider. And it took a couple of years to find her, but I found her now, and we're we're going good places.
0: Um, So I was just going to ask you about, you know, you had recently done a show, I think, down in... uh, was it in Ocala or was it at Tryon, where where try-on. you were? Yeah, okay, at on where you were pretty successful. So can you just tell us how that show how that show went?
2: Yeah, so that was our final observation event for the team, and it was awesome. Every show I can ask for a little bit more, and I get more and more brave. <laughs> and and I also I've no I haven't I've just had her for over a year. I just asked for that much more. And she was incredible. Mm-hmm. We got to show in the, the main arena where the world games were. And it was so cool. That is so cool. So
1: Charlotte, I mean, now literally you are packing for your trip. First you go to Aachen, then you go to Tokyo, potentially tell us a little bit, cause this is fascinating to me on what you guys are going through. I mean, I think this is not going to be a normal Olympics, uh, even now just going into the bubble at Aachen. Can you explain to us what's
2: happening to you now as you get (laughs) what's happening? (laughs) What's happening Um, to you? Well, so there's restrictions because of COVID and Tokyo has a lot of restrictions. Anyway, we can only bring unopened stuff into quarantine. And because we fly in quarantine and, Aachen, we had to bring unopened stuff to Aachen, and then we had to have unopened stuff for Tokyo. So we literally have to get two of everything. So,
1: Charlotte, tell us what is it like to pack for Aachen and then potentially going to Tokyo?
2: Oh, it's sort of fun. I mean, I get to buy new everything. What <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not fun for my pocketbook, but it's just it's fun to go into the tax shop and be like, oh, I get to get that two of them. Um, but I have to get some things like a new, some new big trunks. Um, Cause I have to ship in those. And it's just a lot of lists. There's a lot of lists going on.
1: I bet. Yeah. And, and when, it, when do you girls head to Tokyo? When, when Or sorry to Aachen, you're going to Germany first, right?
2: Yes. So everyone has to be in Wellington the 6th of August and congregate there for the final vet check. And then, um, we fly from Miami to Brussels after that, and then Brussels to Aachen and we're there for a week. And then, um, the team goes to Tokyo and two reserves fly home. Fantastic. Now would any of the
1: reserves do showing in Europe? Are there any, any shows in Europe or it is just a fly homes type situation?
2: No, we're there. Are no shows, but we get to, you know, ride at the big Aachen Stadium and everything. So no shows.
0: Well, that'll be that'll be just maybe a, a warm up experience, just to get you used to doing that. You know, as you said, you're you're kind of with an, a new combination horse rider, and then uh, you know when when you do make the team, you'll you'll be ready for all of this stuff, right? That that sort of you know I think it kind of takes the pressure off, and then. I mean, it would be a bonus to 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 be able to go to Tokyo, but you don't wish anyone any of your teammates ill or or their horses either. So that's kind of a a weird a weird position to be in.
2: Yes, absolutely. There are actually just remember there are going to do mock shows in Aachen, um, but not actual shows.
0: So you'll Uh, you'll get a lot of practice then. Yes. The preparation and and, incredible
2: experience. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Well, Charlotte, I have to be honest, I'm super jealous because Aachen is amazing. And I think it would be so fun to even just ride there and be in that environment with all the other riders getting ready and what you can see over there and watch other people train, I think is pretty amazing. So, uh, I think we are so very excited for you and for your adventure and, um, how can our listeners follow your journey? Are you going to be uh, on on the gram or Facebook or how can we follow you?
2: Yes, <laughs> I <laughs> have my uh, my personal page, Charlotte Merle Smith, and I have a para equestrian page that I have to start posting on again now that things are getting exciting. Um, yes. So Charlotte Merle Smith para equestrian, and I have my Instagram is helmet wearer. I love it. Well, fantastic. Well,
1: we, I personally am going to follow you. I know everyone on the show is going to be following you and we can't wait to hear how it goes. And we would love for you to come back on and tell us about your adventure.
2: Of course I will. I'm so (laughs) excited. Oh, you should be. We're excited for you.
1: So good luck girl and have a lot of safe travels around the world with your new girl. Oh, thanks so much. tonight we are so happy to have jessica gaston she is a professional rider in ohio and the owner of majestic dressage jessica welcome to the show hi how's it going great this is your repeat performance you've come on the show (laughs) a a couple times i think
3: yeah yeah that's i mean known you for a while so you know we've been together a while (laughs) yes
0: everybody that knows reese (laughs) knows that she grabs people you know to to, do segments or, or chats with us on the on the show so
1: Well, Jess has been good. It's good. Yeah, (laughs) she has been. Gosh, I mean, I don't even know how old you were when you first came here with your pony, but. It's been, it's been years at this point. You were, you were little, now you're a married woman and a professional rider. And, and just, it's so fun Uh, for me. And I know there's other professionals, you know, as we uh, uh, grow you guys up, uh, I do get the wonderful opportunity to come and visit. I always talk that it's my, my grand trainer moment when I get to come and see (laughs) Jess, because I get to see all her kiddos and people she trains. Um, So I was actually up visiting a couple weeks ago and we had a, a pretty interesting horse, um, that we work together, right, Jess?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, his name's Dumont. He's a 11 year old chestnut Hanoverian gelding.
1: Yeah. And tell us a little bit about his body style. Cause I think we, we just, we decided, or I asked you if you would kind of come on the show and, I mean, it, he, he's been having trouble with changes with his owner and you've been, you've taken mm-hmm. over his ride a little bit. And, you know, I think it this is such a, a typical story uh, that I think a mm-hmm. lot of people listening will relate to. So that's what uh, we wanted to talk about was a little bit about DeMont, a little bit about his body, a little bit about how we sort of work to, to theoretically fix the changes. Cause they seem like they're going well. Right.
3: Yeah, yeah. The ride Monday was super. It was one of those rides you get off and you do a little dance and you're like, I'm done for the day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Dumont, he's a big, long type of horse. So he has a long neck, a long back, long legs. He's a very lovely horse, has very good gaits, but he tends, because he's so long, to get stiff. And in the saddle, the stiffness doesn't feel like an old horse stiffness. It's very rigid against your seat kind of feeling in stiffness. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's the feeling you get from him. So when Reese, when you came down for the lesson, you really worked with me and him on doing a lot of suppling and even just in the walk, like we didn't look at the changes and I've been riding this horse since April. And I just started looking at the changes like two and a half, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, right before you came down. So just in the walk, we did a lot of that suppling work to unlock his back, to be able to move and bend and be actually through his body, which was really fun and really cool. And actually Reese, you said something that was like a, well, duh moment for me. (laughs)
4: Yes.
3: Um. I like
1: hearing this after. This is great.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, you told me I was walking across, I think I was doing a change of bend from like a shoulder into a um and you said that change of bend was late to your aids. That's a late change. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Well, duh, that makes <laughs> so much sense. If it takes him four strides to change his bend, it's gonna take him four strides to get a clean change, you know. So all, you know, all week after you left, that's all I did. I barely even looked at the changes. I was just trying to work that suppleness and make that change of bend smooth. And Monday I got on and I went around and warmed them up really well, did all my groundwork, all my prep work, went across the diagonal, asked for the change. It was there. It was beautiful. Went across the other diagonal, asked for the change. It was there and beautiful. And I'm just like, that's so cool. Awesome. Awesome.
1: I I really do find that, you know, I find when you watch and do walk work, I think people walk work is underrated because a lot of people Mm want to rush forward, especially with a horse like him being kind of a Mm -hmm. longer, stiffer dude. Um, First of all, it unlocks the body. It's almost Mm -hmm. like yoga for the horses, but you can also sort of identify where the problems may be And I think that's such a critical thing to say, because you're like, wait, you know, when you watch it from the ground and watch that horse come from one direction to the other, you could see it. And you were like, well, that's right there. You know, that is the problem. Because if you think about the mechanics of the change, right, the horses, they have to shift that way, right? They almost have to, you know, their whole, their whole spine shifts and has to shift. And you could see that he was, he was, that was the kind of resistance point, and so you were able to figure it out, number one, and it's, it you can do it in the canter as well, but it's, re, it's great to start in the walk. Um, and the other thing that I find, and I I think we looked at this with him too, is the kind of walk canterade that, you know, that mm-hmm. has to be pretty sharp off the eights, because if that is, uh, has a lag, that's going to be a late change as well. So that's another, for me, another kind of hot button. Phil, how about you? What what are some things that you find in these exercises?
0: No, I mean I think this is this is a great discussion. I mean, we're getting down to the horse not only being obedient to the aids but also quick to the aids. That's a, I think this is what you guys are are talking about, you know. So, this idea through second level of being able to go from shoulder in to travair to uh you know, to a little half pass. I mean, it's important to be able to do those things, but it's also really important to be able to change between those things because that's the real yeah. definition of suppleness is not whether you can do a shoulder and whether you can do a traver. You know, even stiff horses can do that, but whether you can change between them and the, and the horses, you know, sharp to, to a little uh, flexion aid to the inside or outside, sharp to a little directional aid inside or outside leg. And for sure, Reese, the, the, um, simple changes have to be Mm -hmm. extremely obedient, Mm -hmm. extremely like, because if you think about it, if you know, like the, the flying change is a transition without the walk. Yes. It's the same transition, only you eliminate the walk. So if, if, if your horse comes down into a walk is organized, is quick to your leg and you can pick up. So. I like to think about, you know, or asking the riders to be able to pick up the different leads. So left to right, right to left on the long side and only do one stride of walk, then maybe you're ready for a flying change. But if, if you can't do that and the horse, you know, can't come down to walk, sh- you know, shift the shift to the other band, shift to the other leg and pick up the canter again with, I'm I'm really serious. One stride of walk. Then how do you think he's you're you can be quick enough to do it without the walk or you know mid air? I mean, a flying change is called flying because they have to change leads m- mid air. You know, in that suspended moment of canter, you know, so you have your one two three one two three one two three. They have to be able to go three and then change and then back to one two three one two three. You know, if you if you can't do it with one stride walk, you're not going to be able to do it in that moment of suspension in, in in canter. And the horse has to be able to change the bend and, and change their alignment. The, the way the legs are oriented and, and, and that kind of thing in that moment of suspension, then you're always going to have a light change. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think that's in essence, you know, um, part of that is, is really developing obedient, supple work and, and going, you know, and, and doing lots of patterns and lots of cool things. There's, you know, there's a, a ton of ways to to be doing uh, small circles and, and, and your lateral work to be prepared to, to balance that horse for, for the flying change. So it's, it sounds like you guys are getting into it now and, and <laughs> now, now having some fun with it and, and, and seeing how you could spend half an hour of doing suppling work, even if it's in the walk to, to be able to achieve one flying change. Oh, easy. Mm-hmm. that's about the ratio, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Set the
0: horse up for success by doing a ton of counter canter, a ton of, a ton of true uh, canter, a ton of walk, a ton of you know all the, all the lateral movements, just to just to get one one flying change, and then like you said, you pat the horse, give him some sugar, and you're done for the day. Yeah. I think too often people are like, and now I'm going to work on flying changes, get the get the horse out of the stall, tack him up, and and then say, okay, you know I've done my traditional 15-20 minutes of warm-up work, and now we're going to do flying changes for for three hours. Oh, I tell you what, mm-hmm. it's not going to work.
1: It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And it's going to be worse, actually. Yeah, you're going to you're
0: going to make problems. You're going to make
1: problems exactly, yeah. and and that's what you know. This horse knew changes, right? This wasn't his first day on the job, was it, Chess?
3: Yeah, a couple people have tried them with him before, um, and you know, I touched them when I got on him for the first time in April. I touched him, and I wanted to see what he would do, and it was pretty bad. Like I'm not going to lie, it was it was a little scary. And thankfully his owner was really open to my idea. And I told her I want to work him until the middle of the summer and I don't want to do any changes. Um, I said, you know, I want to, I want to do counter canter and I want to do walk canners. you know, basically everything you were just saying, Phil. And I told her, this is what I'm going to do with your horse. And this is what I think he needs to do in order to do the changes. And, you know, she's smart enough to be okay with the fact that I'm working her horse to do the changes not doing the changes. Yeah, Um,
4: that's exactly. That's
3: important.
1: (laughs) You know, that's Mm -hmm. an important concept because people think, well, you know, are you working the horse? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not, he's actually not ready. And changes are one of those things that if you, oh boy, if you mess them up, it is very difficult to fix it. It, it, Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't fix that. And that's the tricky part. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's once, once you've sort of, I mean, you can fix it, but it, 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 it gets difficult.
0: Yeah, so it's I, 10 times longer, it's ten, it's times 10 times, times longer, longer mm-hmm. if they learn to do it wrong. Yes. And it's 10 times longer. If, if there's been a lot of tension in the training, Yeah. like then you have to go, you know, a year of getting the tension out, like, and then another year of, you know, doing the suppling work and then another year of, uh, oh, yeah. of, you know, actually trying to introduce suppling and and, uh, you know, uh, relaxation into a movement that they've built all this negative mental energy all about. It's, you know, it's, it's a mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. It
1: is a problem. It's a big problem. And I think that, you know, that was kind of where the approach we took with this horse, because he's a big dude and, and, and horses do. I, I mean, it happens that when they learn changes, they can jump around and fly around and, so that's sometimes, but but a lot of that jumping around and flying around, that kind of stuff is coming from tension in the back, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you guys think? I mean,
3: uh, you know, to me, yeah, if they're leaping I mean, around, it's it's the same way that a young horse will buck going into the canter if they're tight in the back. You know, it's the same changing the lead in the canter with an older mm-hmm. horse, mm-hmm.
1: and if you go at that with a stiff back, oh boy.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know you could really how, get into trouble yeah <laughs> you end up in the rafters a little bit
2: yeah and that's um, what
3: had happened with this horse right I mean this uh, you yeah, know he, he had a lot a lot of that tension and anxiety and you know he's a really kind horse and he's really <laughs> well schooled in his movements. so you go down the long side and ask you know shoulder in, 10 meter circle haunches in he, he has that in his sleep so the same way you went across the diagonal where people or in a in a pattern where people would commonly ask for changes and all the tension would come up you know I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. go he, across because it's been
0: ingrained that way and
3: mm-hmm. it's been and, trained that way actually
0: uh, exactly
3: yeah yes yeah. So, you know you, he'd get halfway across the diagonal and start you know bracing his neck and grabbing up the bit and tightening his back up and uh, I did a lot of just 10 meter circles at X until he yeah. would soften and quit. And then let's counter counter that one too. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 And, and I think that's kind of what we're saying. All three of us is, is this is a pretty common problem. I saw this twice today at my barn, you know, like, I'm sure you guys saw it too. You know, like I, two of the, two of the horses I saw today were doing this. And I thought, you know, it, it, it don't be afraid to step back a second and and find out sort of where the problem is and where the tension point is. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important to do. So I just, I wanted to commend Jess because you know, we did have this, we did have kind of a breakthrough, but I think it's, you know, the changes that's, I mean, here's three professional riders on here and we're all kind of talking about ideas. And this is a time that, because it can be difficult to communicate with the horse, what you're asking um, that, that it is a good time to involve your trainer, number one. But I do know people that sometimes like in your case, Jess, the ride, the owner said, Hey, why don't you work on this for a little bit? Um, it's not mm-hmm. a bad time to, to give the reins to your trainer and have them do a little bit of work with them. So, yeah, well, Jess, thanks. This is such a fun conversation. We could all geek out and talk about this, uh, for longer, <laughs> but, um, how can our listeners find you online if, uh, they want also some help with their horses?
3: Yeah, so the best place to get a hold of me is probably through Facebook. Um, I'm on there too much doing horse things, as everyone does. Um, (laughs) So my Facebook page is Majestic Dressage LLC. Majestic is spelled with a K at the end. Um, You can also find my personal page at Jessica Gaston.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, Jess. And we look forward to hearing how this boy does. I can't wait to be there when he does his first St. George.
4: Yes, me too. (laughs) The Horsemanship Radio podcast is
2: dedicated to the advancement of great horsemanship throughout the world. Monty Roberts often stops by to present on this podcast, hosted by his daughter and legacy strategist, Debbie Roberts-Lauks. The show includes segments, tips, and interviews exploring effective training centered on the well-being of the horse. This multiple award-winning podcast has 1.6 million downloads to date. HorsemanshipRadio.com, sponsored by Hands On Gloves and Monty Roberts University.
1: Well, tonight we are very excited to, to welcome one of our auditors from the Horse Radio Network, Sarah. She is on to review our book, Club Book of the Month, Ride Big by John Hame, The Ultimate Guide to Building Equestrian Confidence. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Well, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a Horse Radio Network auditor.
5: So, I live in Michigan, and in the morning, I am a working student at the farm where my horses are at. And then in the evenings, I am a mental health therapist. <laughs> Um, oh, great. And I have, yeah, I have an Azteca mare and a Lusitano and a couple minis. So I quite busy. So I have been listening to Horse Radio Network since uh, way back when it first started with Stable Scoop. And um, finally, this past year, I joined the auditor page and I can't believe I waited so long to do it. because It's just been awesome.
0: What's your favorite part about Auditor Page, other than getting kind of a free book and, and, and being able to come on the show with us? What's, <laughs> what, what, what's it all about? You know, let people know who aren't, aren't involved with that maybe yet.
5: It's, it's just a really great interactive community. And, and you feel like you're part of a community when you're there. And I know when I, when I first joined, I felt really welcomed. And you just get all these extra like, perks and behind the scenes looks at things. And you just get to connect with other listeners. Who are really into it the same way? So I, know, I love we, that sense of
1: community. We love it too, and it's really cool. We're we're on the Facebook as well, and it's fun to just kind of pop in there. And it is really a cool community and people that really support themselves and or, or support the community. So we love it. Mm-hmm. Well, we did not know because one of the, one of the benefits is we put up when we have a book club a book, we put it up in the auditor page. That's sort of one of the perks. And uh, mm-hmm. we had no idea you also kind of worked in mental health. So this book actually
5: was probably yeah. kind of cool for you, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's one of the reasons why I was I was interested in it. So yeah, I thought that was really cool that I got picked for this one. Yeah, so
1: tell us a little bit, just uh, kind of talk to us about the book and one of the things that you like the most about it.
5: Um, so overall, I just, I really liked the clarity of the book. I think it was, it, it set out to do a specific thing and it did it as far as the message and um the information it was trying to convey and i really liked that cuz it was very clear concise and it carried through the whole book so like what you were picking up in the first few chapters he carried through so i really i did like how it was set up that way it was so simple to follow through but really powerful techniques
0: yeah i mean uh, we we've reviewed brain training for writers Previously, mm-hmm. so I, I was like, you know, you know, how is this going to be different? You know, how is it going to be the same? Are are we just? Is it just going to be more of the same? So, um, what was interesting for me, and you know, when I when I started reading it, is how John, you know, he starts off the book with, "You've got some homework to do," mm-hmm. you know. So that that was that was a little bit different than brain training. said, you know, he really wanted to guide the writer into defining their own equestrian experience and and what you as the reader wanted to get out of it and then like you said it's it's organized in such a way that you can achieve you know that goal or at least that reflection on on you know what are your what are your goals what do you want to get out of it how can we help you to prepare yourself through competition or not competition and in, in doing a better job of knowing yourself that was the first part of the book is like know yourself mm-hmm. and then and then you can you can guide your experiences from there. and that's that's it was it was work. I really tried mm-hmm. to sit down yeah. and and really think about that. And so throughout this book, I, you know, I read the sections. I read the chapters, but you know, I didn't I didn't really read it chapter to chapter. I, I read a chapter and then I sat and I thought about each chapter because it involves um quite a bit of participation from you as a reader, not just to take in the information, but to be providing, I guess for yourself, some, some feedback you know, into the thoughts that he was having. Do you want to maybe talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit?
5: I did really like how he had all these opportunities to reflect. He has all those interactive exercises to trigger those ways of reflecting and increasing the rider's sense of self-awareness in order to figure out how to develop goals that are clear and and get the confidence that you need to move forward. But I, I just really enjoyed that. I had every, almost every chapter, he had a, a, those little checklists and mm-hmm. got me really thinking and, and looking at, sometimes I would fill those out and, and be like, Oh, I'm not quite where I would have thought I was before I started that checklist. Sometimes I was a little more balanced than I would have thought. So I loved that, that part of it. Yeah. And I think the
1: checklists were super, so I flipped up in the book and, and I also like, he has really good illustrations in here and the my favorite one. And I, I actually photocopied it and put it in the tack room. It was your, uh, the path to your vision and th- what what his point was is like, your path is like, this is going to be so amazing, And I'm going to go and I'm going to go get a seventy percent and my truck. you know, but in reality, like
0: every day is going to be awesome. And every day is going to be goal. awesome.
1: I'm never going to have a problem. My truck isn't going to break down on the way to the horse show, you know, like, and, and the reality is, and that's what he shows. He's like, there's peaks and valleys and, um, bears and, uh-huh. you know, like sharks and boats and like all the things to get to your path right? And that's what he's uh-huh. he's saying is like, and he gives you techniques. And I think that that's so very helpful. Um, because it's so uh-huh. true. I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my truck that was just in the shop. And I was like a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, how am I going to get to the horse show if they don't get this truck back? You know? And I was like, it's okay. Calm down. Let's figure this out. You know? So it was good. Cause it gave me some strategies before I would have absolutely had a stomach ulcer. I would have been up all night, like panicked about it. And I was like, my uh-huh. sister has a truck and trailer. Like, you know, I, I, had strategies that I could kind of deflect, which was really helpful. And the other one that I Mm -hmm. thought was really interesting was how many thoughts we all have as humans every day and 80% of the thoughts we have are negative. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting because I started to kind of think about that and I was like, wow, okay, maybe we need to change this, you know, and think differently and just be aware of that that's kind of where your brain goes. So I think there was just there were so many strategies in this book, but also just awareness of, oh
5: yeah, okay.
1: Um, and I think that was really helpful because, like you said, there were exercises and and you had to self reflect on that.
5: With what you just said, the one thing that's one thing that stood out to me when he was talking about the negative thoughts was that it's natural for us to be negative. That it's actually part of our survival mechanism. It protects us from from risk. Mm-hmm. Which gave me the opportunity to, to kind of check in with myself sometimes when I felt some of those no's coming up when I was working with my horses over the last week or so. Where I would check in and say, "What you know, where's my negativity coming? What am I trying to protect myself from?
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Which gave me a whole new way of reframing why sometimes I was pulling back or, you know. And it, it was huge just to be able to reframe that question and check in of why, why am I saying no? right now? Um, or why am I having a negative thought now? Which is huge because we have them and it's easy to get caught up in negative thinking. And then that just derails you. You can't move mm-hmm. forward when you get stuck in the negative thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, absolutely. And and the thing about this book, I mean, there there is, there is a f- kind of a focus towards uh, competitive aspects, con- competitive goals, but a lot of the book is is not about that. I mean, uh, the the chapter you know that I really liked the best was, uh, you know, and we all can feel the problems in, in writing is that we all want to be just in our comfort zone,
4: whether <laughs> it's
0: for safety reasons, whether it's for you know personal ego reasons, whether it's just you know it's so easy to just be in the comfort zone, and it's fine it, you know if. If that's where you want to be, but if you have any aspirations to grow your skills, to grow your um, knowledge, you know you have to be out of the comfort zone to be able to do those things. And you know, each person has their own comfort with stretching the zone, right? Like you know, your comfort zone we talked about it before, comfort zone and panic zone. You know, nobody wants you to be in the panic zone, but if you don't get you know, start to push the boundaries of the comfort zone, it gets smaller.
1: Into the stretch zone. got to be into the stretch zone. You got to
0: be in the stretch zone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, of course, like, you know, perhaps you're doing a movement and you've done the movement before, you know, and your coach said, well, that, you know, that's pretty good. You you know, it's for a six or whatever, but I want you to try to do it differently or, you know, and then and then riders are so reluctant to do it differently. Because And and I get this feedback, too. Well, it doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because you do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you know, true. or whatever. I like it's you know, supposed that's, to be different. That's kind of yeah. literally what I want to say, but it's just like, yeah, it doesn't feel the same because we're trying to make it a little <laughs> bit different. Whether it's with more energy, you know, more power. but I mean, you know, riders generally, you know, shy away from more forward, more power, and and then they limit their horse's abilities by you know, buying by being a little bit tight or a little bit. Uh, you know, not following the movement, you know, just simple things, right? To get out of the comfort zone. You don't have to be in a danger zone or a panic zone. But yeah, I, I, you know, when I was reading the book, I'm just like, yeah, I, you know, so many rides like, oh, that doesn't feel right. And then, you know, you do a lesson and you're like, okay, let's try this for the next week. Then you come back. It's exactly the same. Well, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable for things to progress and improve. And, you know, you know, maybe, maybe you're half past, isn't forward enough. But if you don't expand y- your zone, it's never going to get forward enough or it's, you know, it's never going to improve. You, you you know, you'll be stuck at a five or, or something like that. Or, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you can't progress to flying changes if, you know, if there's an issue with your counter countercanner, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, oh, well, mm-hmm. countercanner, it doesn't feel right. I'm I'm just not going to do it. Well, you've got to kind of, it talks about pushing through the problems and and not sort of avoiding the problems, you know. So, I you know I was in a, a lesson today and I, and and the rider was was reluctant to make a, a correction because they were afraid of the results of a correction which is kind of the horse would would brace or run away and that's not a nice feeling but I said you have to kind of make a correction deal with the results and come back and try again and hopefully the correction worked and right. and then like the third or fourth time you you ride it you can feel that it's better but in the moment it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be improved. It's, it's, you know, it might get a little ugly. Kind of that kind of thing it is all about stretching the comfort zone and, you know, going through problems and not around them. So, like I said, it, it, that's my that's my favorite chapter because it it deals with riding, whether you're a competitive rider or not.
5: Yeah, that was one of my favorite chapters too. I, you know, I really enjoyed that one, the comfort zone. Well, where I was going to go too is is honestly,
1: even picking this book up and reading it is sort of part of that, right. It's kind of mm-hmm. pushing the comfort zone and sort of kind of looking at yourself and, and what you need to work on just as a rider and as emotion, mm-hmm. you know, kind of emotional or, you know, kind of working on that because that is part of riding as well. Even if you're coming out just to play with your horse, uh, you know, and, and, and just ride and have fun on some level, you need to be able to say, okay, I'm going to sort of, um, have a plan on some level, I'm going to leave what's happening at home or, or my personal life. I've got to leave it alone because I have to be present with this horse for safety, if anything, but just sitting yeah. down and starting to read these books and, and taking some extra time out of your day. Cause we all, we're all busy and we all have lots going on. I think is really important in this book, especially because mm-hmm. it, it did kind of force you a little bit to take a minute, like you said, Phil, sit down, think about things a little bit differently, uh, which, which I liked. And, and I think that, you know, you can, uh, we had a great interview with, with John Hayne, the author uh, a couple months ago, and he, he's great. And he was kind of explaining that as well. So, you know, I really think that that this is a great book. And Sarah, we we can't thank you enough for coming on and, and reviewing the book for us. And oh, uh, we you. hope we hope everybody enjoys it. And uh, we have another book hub coming soon, so stay tuned. And uh, Philip and I are going to look forward to announcing that in the next couple of weeks. Well, Phil, today we were actually doing some saddle fits here at the barn, and I noticed one saddle without the stability stirrup leathers. <laughs> I was like, how, how has this escaped me? How have you made it? Yes. It's, it's one of our wonderful students who, who leases one of our horses and I couldn't believe it. And I looked and, and again, it was just shocking to me because all my saddles have the stability stirrup leathers have a little bit wider that that's what they do, that, that they're wider and they stabilize your leg a little more. Um, I couldn't believe it. I w- I just hadn't seen it in so long, so I can't wait for her to order a new pair. Cause I just was shocked.
0: <laughs> we're trying to make, we're trying to make converts of the entire dressage yeah. world, at least, yes. you know, there's not much we can do about the hunter jumpers. You, you can get them in shorter, shorter versions for, you know, for, but at least in our world, we're, we're trying to convert everyone. We can, because it's, it's such a great product.
1: It is really a great product. Very rarely do we, do, you know, are you like, that is a product everybody should have. And this is a product everyone should have. Why not? Why not help yourself out help your leg position. Um, Yeah. So it's so funny because I just, I haven't seen that in so long in my barn. And I totally forgot that that saddle didn't have it. Um, But anyways, you know, again, totalsaddlefit.com, place to go. We also are going to work on some saddle questions, saddle fitting questions for Justin from Total Saddle Fit. And so if you have any questions, uh, email me, Reese at at horseradionetwork.com or Philip at philip at horseradionetwork.com. And we're going to have Justin on answering some saddle questions because we're getting a lot in the queue and we want to make sure that we can have them ready to go to ask them. So again, great products from Total Saddle Fit, totalsaddlefit.com, and they will take care of you over there.
0: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief gird at totalsaddlefit.com.
1: Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we have Olympian Lindsay Kellogg. She's packing for Tokyo and she is back on the show to tell us a great tip. Lindsay, welcome back. Thank you. Well, you have a great tip for us. I know you are packing like crazy. You leave tomorrow for Tokyo or for Germany to go to Tokyo. So what is your tip? This is a great one. Yeah, so I thought
6: it'd be appropriate while I'm packing, you know, um, one of the most important things for me um, when I'm competing and at the show ring is to have my ring bag stocked with anything that I think I might need, whether it's an emergency or... Um, Just some essentials for the horse. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is I always try to have, um, first of all, towels. I have a sweat scraper in the ring bag. Always, if they're going to be sweating, that's essential. Um, A hoof pick, you never know. Things might get stuck in their feet. You want to be prepared for that. Another really great one is if your horse has white legs. I always like to bring a little bit of white cream and baby powder because you never know. Sometimes they cut themselves in training or in the schooling ring right before you go in. And it's just really great to be able to have some baby powder on hand to kind of make the legs look a little bit wider. Um, of course, sugar is a big one. If you give your horse treats, another one is at the Olympics, I'm going to have an extra nose band in my ring bag because I, am I'm not sure if everyone's seen or heard that back, uh, I think a year or two ago when Akin Adrian Lyle was actually going around the outside of the ring and, Salvino's noseband broke. And I really learned from that situation and thought, okay, you should always have a noseband in your ring bag because you never know what's going to happen. And her groom had one, so they were really well-prepared. Another great one is having an extra pair of gloves. You never know if it's going to rain or you're really sweaty. Um, So that's important. Uh, Braiding elastics is a great one a tail brush if the tail gets a little bit tangled and yeah i think that pretty oh sticky spray that's a big one for me i like to put sticky spray on my saddle to make sure that i'm really stuck in there
3: um, <laughs> I, I love it don't, don't
6: reveal
1: all your <laughs> yeah. secrets Lindsay. i love that's it I know, right? yeah. can i add I baby that, wipes Jeff. Can I like add baby wipes? I just love a baby wipes. That's a
6: great one. Yes. I love a baby wipe. A bucket of water also by the ring. Mm -hmm. You can't really put that in the ring bag, but I know in Tokyo, we're going to have buckets of water so we can sponge the horses down before they go in.
1: What about, Um, do you have water or Gatorade or, you know, something like that for yourself? Of course. Yeah. So I always have water and
6: Gatorade in my bag all the time. I know Ashley and Brittany they like to have a coke on hand for that little okay. extra sugar kick
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah makes sense yeah I, I can see it yeah yep exactly so uh, fly spray, yeah, spray it's white super important I, yeah fly fly spray, spray. for sure yeah, yeah I, I like the white
0: because you can, the you can get the horse's head yeah
1: oh fly spray exactly. white Phil
6: the that one's a good one fly bonnet um yeah. there's so many things but I always Bring the most I can, and of course, extra set of polos for presentations um, or boots if you use boots. But yeah, there's always have the ring mix stocked That's my uh, tip. <laughs>
1: I love it. That's a great t- trainer tip. Well, thank you for sharing with us. We're gonna, I'm gonna be watching on the on the live stream from Tokyo. Like, what's in her bag? No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. I love it. Yeah. And Lindsay, tell us um, if our listeners want to find you in your journey, follow you on your journey to Tokyo. How do they find you?
6: Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram as Lindsay Kellogg um i'm also on facebook i'm going to have a website up and running in the next month or two that's lindsaykellock.com but mainly i would say i'm i'm on um instagram that's that's where i'm at so
1: follow me there perfect we love it well good luck in tokyo we're going to be sending good vibes from all over the world for you guys and go team canada great thank you so much Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We love to hear training updates. We got a few of those this week and that just makes Philip and I smile. Uh, And that, yeah, you guys are learning stuff through the show that makes us smile even more. Uh, So feel free to send those to us. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
0: I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week.